today I want to speak on grace, that we're to extend grace, that it's free, it's undeserved, we know this, it's more than enough, the grace of God is more than enough, it's powerful, grace is powerful, and it is a gift of God unto us, say it's a gift, and I'm not going to, and I'm not, and I'm going to hang on to that gift, I'm not going to uh, belittle the gift, I'm going to realize the treasure in this gift of grace, right? We should be extending this gift of grace that God has freely given unto us. We should be extending it to ourselves and also unto others. See, we're used to receiving the grace from God. We, we understand that we have grace that's been given to us, favor, right? Mercy, right? Undeserved mercy, favor. We understand it's been given to us. It's received, you know, from God. But how about you also applying that to yourselves? How about you also applying that to one another? Who's with me here this morning? Who, who's understanding what? Okay, so, so, you know, you don't need to partner with the devil. Sometimes you partner with the devil just because you can receive the grace of God, but you don't extend it to yourself, nor do you extend it to somebody else. Are we all on the same page here? Yeah, it's important. So God's grace received and given out. By the demonstration of God's power, right? So number one, we know it's free, it's unmerited, and it's favor from God. And it's manifested in the salvation of sinners. The grace of God is. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. And starting in verse 8, where it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. You, you all know that, right? You, you know, by grace. This is for by grace you've been saved through faith. So Ephesians 2, chap, uh, chapter 2, and in verse 8, 8 through 10. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift, church. Salvation is a gift that we have received because the lover of our souls, Jesus Christ, paid the full price. I recently spoke a message on the blood of Jesus, right? Because of his blood, salvation is a gift unto us. It cost him everything, but it's a free gift for us, right? And so that grace that we have received and that grace is the ability to literally take hold of the finished work of the cross and walk in power. So it says in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Say it's through faith. It's not of works, is it? Uh-uh. So, and it says not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And verse 9 says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. No one can take credit. Only God, right? So, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. You are the, the poetry of God, the poema of God. You are created in Christ Jesus for what kind of work? What does it say, those that are reading along with me? Good works. You were created you are a masterpiece for good works. Say, for good works. I was created. I'm a masterpiece. And it says, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You have been prepared by the lover of your souls. Say, I've received the grace of God, and I'm going to extend that grace. I'm extending that grace to myself. God's given it to me. But I need to make sure I'm not working against what he has given me. See, you can receive the grace of God, but you can still be working against it. 
It's like you can receive forgiveness, but you can still be working against it. You can still harbor unforgiveness. And though you've received forgiveness, you won't let that work have its full, its full way within you because you are struggling to forgive yourself or forgive somebody else, right? So you can receive grace, the grace of God, but you can also have a hard time literally applying it to your life and or giving it back to others, even yourself. That's what, it needs to change. That needs to change because when you, who's following so far? Who are we all following? Okay, because when we don't do what I'm telling you here, what happens is you're literally giving the enemy an advantage. You're literally partnering with the enemy. You're, you're being so cruel and, and harsh, which is what he does. It's what he does. But God says, I have already covered you. I've already forgiven you. I've already given you much more than just forgiveness, though that would have been enough. But I'm giving you my grace. I'm giving you my favor. I'm giving you my unmerited favor. I'm giving you power. Grace is not just this, you know, meek, mild, you know, it's also the power of God. There's an ability to do what you can't do in the natural, which we're going to get to those scriptures in a moment. But there's power. It's his grace that you live by and you operate from. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Say amen. amen. I receive it. So it's not only free, it's not just free. It is. And it's not just unmerited. You know, from God, it's manifested in my life, in our lives. But also, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 12, and starting in verse 9. Oh, hallelujah, I love this. And he said to me, it's Apostle Paul, you know, and then Jesus. He's saying, he's re, he's saying the words that Jesus would say, right? He says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness, Right? My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, say therefore, most gladly I would rather boast. What does that mean? It means you would rather glory. It means you would rather rejoice. It means you would rather walk in joy. It says therefore, most gladly I would rather Rejoice, I would rather boast, in my infirmities, which means your weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's the power of God that's going to rest upon you. Why? Because his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for you to walk in power. So grace is not just unmerited, it's not just free, and it's not this, you know, unmerited favor, but it's literally sufficient enough to where it gives you power. How many of you say, I need power. I need the power of God every day in my life. I want that power of God to increase in my life every single day. I want to see it operate. I want to operate from it. I want to know that I know that I know that I can tap into this beautiful, beautiful um, gift called the grace of God, and when I do so, I know that it is unmerited, but it is also power. It is God's power working in me. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, which means you can do what God's called you to do, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't feel like you can, even when you don't feel qualified, even when you feel like it's not going to work, it's impossible, even when you feel you can't have joy because the situation's difficult. Yes, you can, because His grace is sufficient. Even when you feel like, well, I don't understand. This person's doing this and this person's doing that and I don't feel safe. You can have the confidence of the Lord because his grace is what? 
sufficient. We're talking about power. We're talking about the power of God in your weakness. You are what? Strong. You're strong. And it is the strength of God in you. Do you realize, church, this is a gift that God has given us to walk in, and it is incredibly beautiful. The enemy doesn't want you to get the full revelation of this because then he has you bound. Then he has you stuck, right? He has you stuck in, in looking at the circumstances, in looking at what you hear and what you see. But instead, when you've got this thing called grace working on the inside of you, you change. Because it's not just, oh, I'm forgiven and I got unmerited favor. I got power. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got to sometimes stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Sometimes you just need to stir yourself up. Faith works, faith works by love. You have the grace of God. You have the faith of God. And it all works together by what? I just said it. By love, right? We should be the happiest people on the face of this earth. We should be. No matter what's going on, we should be the happiest people. We have the grace of God. I know my God is with me and for me. I know that he's watching over me. I know that he will take care of everything that concerns me today. He literally says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. He's performing his word in your life. Do you believe it? And it's because of grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's the grace of God. What a good God we serve. Somebody tell him that I, we serve a good God. Thank you, Lord. We serve a good God. We, we, we truly serve such a good God. Let me finish reading this scripture. Verse, because I want to I go to 10. I'm still on 9. I'm going to reread 9 just because I can. Because <laughs> it's so good. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. How many of you read this, this scripture? How many of you read this scripture when you were in a difficult place? And what did it do to you? Like it just, it lifted you up, right? It encouraged you, right? So it, for the others that maybe haven't read this scripture at, in a time where you were down or a difficult time, read it. Like let the word of God become unto you that life and that power, right? Because you read it right when you need it. So my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast. Remember, it means joy and rejoice. I would rather boast in my infirmities, my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, verse 10, I take pleasure in infirmities, in weaknesses, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When you're weak, then he is, you are, when you are weak, then he becomes strong in you. And what it is, is you see his strength moving through you. Amen. See, so many people are afraid to step out, and they just want to do what they can do. They want to do what they're capable of doing, what they feel comfortable and confident to do. But then you don't need to rely on faith, and you don't need to rely on the grace of God that is available for you, and you miss out. You're not going to miss out, are you? You're going to dream. You're going to let God dream in you. You're going to let him dream big in you. And when you know that you know that you know, wow, I believe this is the leading of the Lord, you're stepping out in faith. You're stepping out knowing that grace, the grace of God, you're not going to drown. You're not going to sink. He is the one that's lifting up your head. And he is the one that's empowering you to walk uprightly. Amen? Amen. 
we're all moving forward. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So it's available. It's sufficient. It means more than enough. It's more than enough. I love to just insert that. The grace is not just sufficient. It's more than enough. So it never ends. It doesn't run out. And we need this. We need this. Let's, let's turn to Romans 8. Romans 8. Because his grace is sufficient and his love is everlasting. Thank you, Lord, for your love that is everlasting. Romans 8. We're going to start with verse 31. In verse 31, it says, For what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, don't you love that? Because you got the creator of the universe. You got, you got your creator saying, if God is for you, who can be against you? Like you, it doesn't get any better than that. There's no one higher than him. And if he is for you, who can be against you? I mean, that's powerful. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's freely giving you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Those things that you, that God has already spoken into your life, they're coming. They're yours. Some are already here. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? And I love this because it says it is God who justifies. So who shall bring a charge against you? Who is going to bring a negative word against you? In other words, if they try... Do you really think God's going to let them? When you are his beloved son or daughter, do you really think that it's going to take root? Only if you let it, right? Only if you let it. And you're not going to let it take root. You're not letting it take root. Because we have this gift of grace that we're talking about and, and, and faith that we're talking about. And we know faith works with love and works by love. And when we put it all together... We see an incredible, incredible power of God that literally resides on the inside of every single believer, which is all of you. This power of God that knows no limits. Nothing. There is nothing that's going to limit it. Amen? Amen? So some of you just might need to get a little excited when you, when you see what it is that you have. Oh my goodness. And that's it. When you see. When the revelation comes, and it's coming, and stay, you know, I, I see many of you just, <laughs> I see so much, I see like an onion, you know, just, just layers, you know, coming off, like in the aha, oh, the aha of God. And everybody's in a different place, and that's okay, because God is gracious. And God, he's good, he's good, he's love. He's so, he's so patient with us. But I see the layers just coming off like an onion, just coming off, and you're, and the revelation that's coming forth of who you are, you're unshakable because of Christ in you. It doesn't matter what the boyfriend said, what the ex-boyfriend said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they did or didn't do. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what your children may be saying right now or doing right now. Is his grace enough? Yes. Yes, and who is for you and not against you? The Lord, amen. And so if he is for us, who can be against us? Let's look at verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So our job is to keep our heart right. 
It's God who justifies. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? You are the elect of God. He's chosen you. That's what that means. He's chosen you, the elect of God. You've been purchased by his blood. You were purchased because of grace, not because of something you did. Because of the grace of God, because of the love of God, he has chosen you. You are his elect. You imagine the creator literally choosing each and every one of us? Yeah. It is amazing. It really is. And so it says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? No one. No one can bring a charge. You can't let them. Now, you obviously keep your heart right, but you don't come into agreement with lies. They have to learn to identify the lie, right? So who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, it is also he, he, risen. I'm sorry. Furthermore, is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. I thank you that he, wow, he makes intercession for us. He prays for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? But it tries, doesn't it? But it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, persecution, famine, shall nakedness, peril, sword, anything. What? Anything? Can anything separate you from the love of God? No. When you walk in the love of God, can you tell? Do you, do you know when you're walking in the love of God versus when you're not? Yeah, right? We can tell. You can tell. Can you tell when somebody else is walking in the love of God versus when they're not? You can. And so are we also called to make sure we steward our lives so that our lives are continually walking in the love of God? How do we do that? Staying in his word, staying saturated, staying in worship, thinking about what we think about, making sure our minds are really, truly submitted to the Lord. And sometimes that's the hardest part. Sometimes that's the hardest part, you know, that battle that goes on in our, in our minds, right? Um, and, and, you know, it's the, battle, the battlefield, the battleground in our minds. But that's why it's so critical that we make sure that every day we really do think about what we're thinking about. Like you have to stop and go, what am I thinking about? What am I feeling right now? Because you've got to give access to the word and you need to deny access to the enemy. And that's work. But it's work that you can do when you're filled with the love of God. Because then you see the schemes of the enemy. And you go, I'm not going to waste one more moment. Forget about it one more day. I'm not going to waste one more moment. I'm not going to let one more moment be robbed from me. That I could be walking in the joy of, Lord, of the Lord. It's a choice. Yes. It's a choice to receive this free gift. It's a choice to walk in the free gift. It's a choice then to apply it to my own life, and it's a choice also to give it out to others. And that's really what I, the heart of what I'm trying to, you know, just convey here today is, is that not only do we receive it, we're good receivers. Most of us are good receivers, but we also need to be good. We need to give it out. We, we, we literally need to give out this incredible gift. People go, oh, well, salvation, you want to receive it and give it out. How about the rest of it? It's not salvation, absolutely. But what about all the parts that make up salvation? How about the grace of God that is sufficient? How about the grace of God towards yourself? That you know what? You don't beat yourself up when you mess up. You repent if, it, if that's something you did. You repent and you get it right. And then you just, you know what? I'm going to 
fill myself with the word so that I do what is right, so that I live under that beautiful anointing of the Lord and I walk uprightly. Amen? Because when you don't, you let the enemy beat you up. You literally give him an access that you were never supposed to. And here you have this beautiful gift of grace available to you, the power of God that makes you strong when you felt weak. It all works together, doesn't it? Let me finish reading this, this portion here in Romans 8. Thank you, Father. So yet in verse 30, uh, 37, yet in all these things, what things? The things I just read. I just read up in uh, verse 35 where he talked about tribulation, you know, distress. You know, we can, we can call it, we can make up our own words here, right? We can put or insert our own uh, words here. You know, pain and sickness and disease and, and um, separation and um, rebellion in the home and with family members. And, um, you know, we could put our own in there, can't we? Idolatry and stubbornness. And we could put our own. But guess what? It says in all these things. I want you to think of the thing right now that is the hardest thing maybe in your, in your family or your home. You know, something that's, you know, you've been, you've been standing against and it's like a brick wall. It's just like a brick wall. No matter what, you, you know, you get filled up, you go home and there's the wall. I want, you to, I want you to think of that one thing. You all thinking about it? You all got it in your heads? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, we'll look at verse 37. With that in your mind, I will look at verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In that very thing that you just got done identifying, you're more than a conqueror. In that very thing, that one thing, and we know it's all of it, but in that one thing, you're more than a conqueror. Amen. Through Christ who loves us. And then it goes on, verse 38. It says, for I am convinced, persuaded, and confident in. It means I believe. I believe. I fully believe. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything, nothing, anything created, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can anything separate you from the love of God? Nothing at all. So are we going to allow anything to separate us from the love of God? No, absolutely not. When I walk in the love of God, I'm walking in that, what that love also affords me. I'm walking in the grace. I'm walking in the power. I'm walking in God's sufficiency. I'm walking in his ability. I'm walking in the strength and the power of God. Amen? When I'm not, then I'm not walking in that. I'm walking in myself. And there's nothing in this flesh. No good thing, right? So there's nothing. Like you are not going to be able to measure up to what God could give you. You in your own strength, in your own, right? You can't measure up, right? So when we choose to walk in love, we choose to, we, we choose to not be offended. When we choose to walk in the grace of God, we choose to let go of that, that thing that was trying to agitate you. We choose to let it go. When we choose to walk in the love of God, we choose, and, and in the grace of God, we choose to give that which we would also want to receive, that mercy, that favor, that grace, right? Amen. Amen. You want to look at what you have been giving out? Look at what you're receiving. What are you receiving right now? 
what's going on in your lives right now? If you're receiving a bunch of negativity, a lot of hard things, you know, could be. It's a very real possibility. There are other reasons as to why that might be happening. That's why I say it could be. But it could be that that's exactly what you've been giving out. And I've taught you this before. When, you, when you're constantly judging somebody, you're constantly just harsh, you end up receiving that same harsh spirit from everyone. You, and it's not even from that one person. You, you might receive it from them, but you receive it from everybody. You go, my gosh, really? Then you stop and you have to take a look at yourself. Am I extending grace? Probably not. Am I extending love? Probably not. I'm extending the opposite spirit. It's not of God. Now I, I, now I see why I'm receiving it. So sometimes it's important that we really stop. And like I said, there are, there are other reasons as to why that might be happening. It could just be a real strong time of warfare, and you're just in this place where the enemy is just on every side, and you just have to stand strong, and you need to command those demons to go, right? But always, always, always make sure your heart is a heart of generosity, a heart full of gratitude, a heart full of grace, the grace of God. We, like, next week is Thanksgiving. Right, And so you know that on Thanksgiving Day, which is Thursday, we will not be having service. It's the only day out of the year that is a church service day that we don't meet. It's Thanksgiving. So we will be here on Saturday, though. We'll be here for the weekend, and we invite you all to come. But here, next week is Thanksgiving. We have an opportunity. Many, many people will be with family, friends. You have an opportunity to extend this grace, don't you? And it may be difficult at times, but you still have the opportunity. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? Now, don't get extending grace with throwing out all manner of every boundary that you ever, you know, all boundaries are removed. We're not talking about removing every boundary and having no thought for that. But yet you can definitely walk. And I have to say that because I know the crowd that I have. I know some, I like most of you at least. And I know the things that you deal with. And I would not want to mislead you. No way. You're precious. You are too precious. Your, your lives in Christ, my goodness, God wants to raise you up, strengthen you, and heal you, and not make the same old repeated mistakes, but we do need to have boundaries, right? But at the same time, we get to operate in this thing, beautiful, beautiful thing called grace, the grace of God. So I want you to not only receive it, I want you to also give it out and make sure you give it to yourself. In other words, be gracious towards yourself and be gracious towards one another, Right? I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. Thank you, Father. I thank you that you love us and your love is unending. I thank you, Lord God, that you, you, it never runs out. Your love does not run out. Your love is continual. Lord, I thank you that you are not against us. You are for us. You are for each and every one of them. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands up right now. And, Father, for wherever there has been a lying spirit upon their lives that has caused them to feel so oppressed, maybe it was words from from you know, someone in your life, um, you know, a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, or an ex, you know, a family, a child, a parent, whomever it came from, it doesn't really matter. The words that were spoken that have literally just put a dagger in your heart. And for some of you, you hear this message, and you want so much to walk in that grace, but it feels like it's always just right out there, and you can, you try to, to, receive it and walk in it, but it's just always just a little bit off. No, 
We decree that today every hardness in your heart, every, every place where there's a, a root now of bitterness or pain, unforgiveness, that it goes right now. We release it. We cut the cords. We cut ungodly soul ties right now. We cut them in the name of Jesus. Every lie that has been believed that, you know, you're not enough, that you're never going to be enough, that you're never going to make it. It's a lie. Every lie that has like a, just a lying spirit where it's a hateful spirit where it literally has spoken against you and told you you're, you're, you're hateful and that, you know, you're toxic and all these lies, we bind them up and we cast them out right now in the name of Jesus.